I, uh, well, my name's Mike. I'm the children's pastor here, if we haven't met. It's good to meet you. And uh, so I got a new mug for Christmas, and my wife's like, you're going to carry that, aren't you? I said, yes. You know we live in Astro Country. And I said, yes. And maybe we can convert some people today. Uh, so we'll, we'll work on that. I get the task today of rapping before. Let me, let me start with this. Last week, I got to speak at Big Chill, and Matt, he comes to me, he says, Micah, I want you to wrap up our whole series for Big Chill. In Big Chill, we talked about the prophecies, all the promises. So everything from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there are like 8,000 promises in the Bible, and there are some some that God just, I mean, Jesus just came and he just totally demolished. And Matt's like, yeah, just wrap it up. You got like 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, good luck. Jesse texts me. Hey, we're talking about rejoice and I want you to wrap up how Jesus came and, and, and it just wrap, just wrap up the Bible. And I was like, all right, so what we're going to do is I've got my Bible here. We're going to run because I've got an idea I hate it when I have a single, I don't have hair. When you have a single hair hanging down in your eye, and you know that's an issue when you have no hair. We're going to run today. Jesse's been talking about this idea of the tired and weary world can rejoice. This week's been tough. For my family, it's been tough. We we lost this year uh, one of those patriarchs. Uh, I know a, a lot of us in here. A lot of us at home have lost one of those patriarchs in our, in our families this year. Uh, COVID has really taken a toll on us. Uh, as a church, it, it, it's, we're coming back from this mindset of, of where we were two years ago, and it's like we're just cranking. We're tired. I think we're beat down. I think it's hard. And I like what, the, what Jesse has been doing where we've been looking at the Bible and seeing characters. I love to look at characters of the Bible and see how they reacted in the circumstances and how God moved in their lives. When I look at the Old Testament, I see that constantly. And we're going to hit on that today. We're going to look just briefly at some of these guys and gals of the Old Testament that moved in mighty ways. So the first thing I want us to look at is how to rejoice. Now, Jesse, for, for two weeks, he's, he's kind of laid out this, this pattern of, of rejoice. What does it mean? And it is to find joy, to have joy again. And it's that idea that we can come back to joy. He talked about that we need to remember what the Lord has done, that, that we have to look at the past and see what God has done so today we can rejoice in what he's done and what he's doing. Whether I'm walking through COVID, whether I'm walking through a new job, whether I'm walking through losing a job, whatever it is, I can find a way to rejoice because I have a king who loves me. And the third thing we're going to look at today is uh, choose your focus and your source. So I renamed this series Just a, Just a Hair. There we go. Uh, I renamed this series Just a Hair, and I added Emmanuel to it. A tired and weary world can rejoice because of Emmanuel. Because we added one word, we have hope, we have peace, and we have comfort in ways that the world cannot understand because 
of a baby born in a stable. He changed everything. He changed the way we think. He changed the way we walk. Because now we walk with purpose. Now we think with heavenly intent, with kingdom purpose. I can rejoice. Now let's look at, let's break those three things down that Jesse has been bringing for weeks to us. And then we're going to tie a nice pretty Christmas bow and we're going to put it on the shelf and we're going to carry it in 2022. How can we we rejoice? How can we rejoice when we're tired? How can we find joy when, when the world is beating us down? When, when we come to a Christmas season that we, we want to put on a happy face, we want to be positive, we want to say God is good and this is a great time, but yet we're walking into it with a burdened heart because we are missing pieces. I wonder what it was like that first Christmas. I look back at the characters. You've got a teenage girl, pregnant, carrying the Savior. You've got a young man, early 20s, listening to an angel and caring for his fiance. You got an aunt and uncle in their 90s or hundreds or way up there carrying John the Baptist. You've got these men, these shepherds in the middle of the field who who hear this sound, who see this light, and they start to see things. And it's like, wait, I've got to go. You see these men. We know of three of them, but I, I think there's more. We see these wise men journey for a year and a half, two years following a star in the sky on a whim that God has now sent his son. After a 400-year absence from the Old Testament to now, the God who prophesied of the Old Testament is making things come true. And it's happening. I have to be reminded of what was prophesied, what was said. There's a song. Um, now, uh, Laurie, uh, Jesse, I- I'm in the same boat as you, bud. We have amazing singing voices in the shower, but that's where that's going to stay. It's not getting out of the shower, okay? And my wife would throw something at me if I started singing, but there's a song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And as I started to look at this, I started to think of this song. And so let's just journey down it a little bit. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to you, O Israel. That is the cry of the Old Testament, that God is saying, rejoice in who I am, for I'm coming for you. I'm going to send somebody. I'm going to do something. Now, we're going to look at some scripture here. Now, it's going to go fast. and It's on the screen, and this is kind of the ADD, ADAD. The, the ADD, the personality that I have, uh, it, it's, it, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look at Genesis 3.15. 
And I will put enemy between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he, he will crush your head and he will strike his heel. It's the first prophecy that we've got that God is going to send somebody to crush the opposite and make his reign rule. Keep going in Genesis 12. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I love Genesis 12. If you're looking at something for the new year to dig into, to dive into, to say, I want to get back to God's word, go to Genesis 12 and you're going to see the foundation of the faith that is built upon. I'm going to show you a timeline in a minute and I love visuals and I love looking at the genealogy of Jesus. I am that nerdy that I like Matthew chapter one. We're going to look at it today. It is so awesome. And I know some of y'all are thinking, oh Lord Jesus, help us. But when you look at Matthew chapter one, what you see is something you really unique. You start to see how God took Genesis chapter 12 and went from there and walked all the way to Jesus. And you start to see some things and it's pretty sweet. Look at, look at Isaiah 7.14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a son. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And he will call him Emmanuel. We start to hear these words. We start to see these prophecies. Micah chapter 2. Micah is a great book. Come on, people. Uh, Micah chapter 2. but uh, uh, Chapter 5, verse 2. There we go. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, will, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, old, from Genesis 12, the ancient times. Keep going to Hosea, great book. When, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. We start to look. These are just five or six of the scriptures that are talking about the prophecies that God is going to do something miraculous. He's going to do something to impact his people, and it's going to be amazing. How can I rejoice? I can find joy because I have a God that fulfills his word. I can find joy because I have a God that promises the heavens and the earth to me, and he has kept his promises. Yesterday, yesterday we sat without my uncle. And it was hard, it was sad, but I also know that I have a God that loved my uncle so much, and my uncle loved my, my Jesus so much, and I know exactly where he is right now. And it breaks the chains and the bonds and the hurt of the grave. And it makes this real. That I can open up my Bible and I can see a God who loves us. I can find joy in the impossible. I can also remember what the Lord has done. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Look at the verses of Emmanuel. Look at the verses that it says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lovely exile here until the Son of God appear. They're walking in exile. They're walking in the desert. They're, they're, they, they feel abandoned. They feel lost. They are afraid. But yet they still have a God that every morning they wake up and there is food on the ground and there is drink in their glass. 
There's a God in the midst of the desert that has parted the sea. There's a God in the midst of the desert that gave them the commandments. Uh, the, the next verse here, it says, O come, O come, great Lord of might, who in who to your tribes on Sinai's height, Mount Sinai, where the Ten Commandments were given in ancient times to give the law in cloud and majesty and awe. In the midst of that, we see Moses up on the mountain in the presence of God and Jesus and God passing before him. And Moses is having this high point. And what's happening down below? There's a golden cow being worshipped. But this is a God that says, I love you still. In the midst of my sin, in the midst of my hurt, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of everything that I am, I have a God that loves me and that cares for me. And it goes so far that we have to remember what yesterday was. Yesterday is a birth of a Christ, a Savior who was born in a stable. When I read the Christmas story, we stop so many times in Luke chapter 2 at when, the, when the shepherds come. But my favorite part is when those wise men come. And you've, you, I know you've heard it, and I know you've, you, you've probably thought it, but just go with me for a second. I love the wise men for a couple reasons. I love the wise men because it took them time. It took them a long time to get there. That was energy. That was money. That was sacrifice. I love where the wise men went because in my life, there's so many times that I assume something that God's going to do and God does the exact opposite. And sometimes I'm like, wait, 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 time out, God. I don't think you meant to do it that way. I think it needed to be done over here. And these wise men are going, where do they go? They didn't go to no stable. They didn't go to no, no small place. They didn't go to, uh, the pa- they didn't go to uh, his house. They went to the palace. The palace is a fascinating thing because that's where my God belongs. When we think of heaven, we think of this crown, this this golden streets. We think of all these fascinating things. But yet, a God who left that came down here and sacrificed so much. That's why I like the shepherd, I mean, the wise men. I like the wise men because I think they're like me. And then in the midst of it, they have to go and they have to find him and seek him even more. We have to remember what the Lord has done. O come, O come, Emmanuel, O branch, O branch of Jesse's stem. Genesis 12, Jesse, we go back to there. Go read it. Oh, my goodness. It slap your mama good. Don't slap your mama. Unto your own and rescue them. If you, you, you got to see the genealogy. Now, if you're at home, Matt is uh, running. Matt, thank you. I, I love you, buddy. Matt is going to run this because it's fixing to make some transitions here that in-house. We're like, hey, this looks good, but, uh, you know. I love you, Matt. Good job. All right. So let's look at the genealogy. Will you put the, uh, the next slide up for me? Uh, the genealogy, it's listed here. Here's this, here's this craziness that happens in the genealogy of Matthew. You can just stay on this one. There are 41 generations of people listed. Their generations are divided into three categories. The third category is what is so amazing. When you get halfway down through there, and and you'll see in just a moment, we're going to break this. You're going to see a man named King David. And the last half of the people are kings. 
Because the God who loves us, who sent his son from the heavens to come down and be born here, came as a man from the line of David, who was a king. If you'll go on to the next one, there's this, I, I'm, I blew it up a little bit so we can actually see it. So we start in Adam and Eve, and if you ever just want to come look at these, they're in the children's wing. We'd love to have you over there. That's just a little plug there. But uh, you could see that all these people, how God moved in their lives, and he used ordinary people just like you and me to do extraordinary things. I love that we've got people who, who were shepherds, who were farmers, who, who were fishermen. I love that we have a, a woman named Rahab, and if you don't know about her, remember this is a kid-friendly service. You need to go read that passage because God does some amazing things to people that we would have considered outcast. And look at this, Boaz and Ruth and how he redeemed a whole kingdom through someone who was cast out. And if we go to the next one, you start to see the, se- the, the, the final section that the genealogy is of the kings, that we start to see King David and Solomon, and we start to see how these men are in heirs to the throne and how Jesus comes from their offspring. And he fulfills the promises. And it starts when if you go to Matthew chapter 1, and, and if I've confused you, it's okay, because what I want you to do is I want us to be able to just say, whoa. If I look at Matthew chapter 1, it connects all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. And we start to piece these pieces together. And the way I explained it last week to our students, it's kind of, I like building puzzles. And it's kind of like when you build a puzzle, I dump it all out. And this right here, this message, is the let me throw it at you. And let's just start to piece it together. What's the first thing you do? You start to flip the pieces over so you can see all the little pieces. Then you start to find the borders, right? Then you find the light colors and what's going on. And then the puzzle starts to come together. And our Bible, in the same way, as we first, we start to learn the stories. And as we start to read it, we start to ask questions. And then those questions start to morph into understanding that we're understanding that the whole Bible is set, that God is showing us a map, a a line that he is connecting to us to find joy and peace and hope in a broken world. We have to remember what the Lord has done. The next picture is not of my brain, I promise. Uh, The next picture is one I took. I did a funeral back in March, and I was at this church, and I saw this picture, and this connected with me. That when we start to look at the left column, we start to see the Old Testament promises, and this is just a, a brief part of them. And we start to see how God, how Jesus started to answer and reveal these things. And because of things, because of the promises that have answered, the prophecies fulfilled, I can have joy and hope in the midst of my trouble. Now, I know that was a lot. Uh, It's okay. I know it's a lot. It's where I'm at. It's where I'm at because so many days I have to remind myself that God loves me. He cares for me. and, And he wants us in his plan. 
I'm so thankful we serve a God that chooses to use us to impact his kingdom, to serve on his mission field. I'm so honored to serve at a church that breaks out from the bonds of our campus and we invite people in, but we go out and we serve. I'm so thankful for a church that loves on our kids so much. And we're seeing our students and our children and our preschoolers develop into learners of the Bible. In our department, we, we, we focus on three things, knowing, growing, and going. We want the kids to know who Jesus is. We want the kids to grow in their faith that they can start to piece it together. We want them to go on their campuses. We want them to go in the grocery store. We want them to go to their friends and tell them who Jesus is to them. It starts to change everything. Finally, we choose our focus and our source. The final verse, the final stanza in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, We read the first part of it. O come, O branch of Jesse's stem, unto your own and rescue them. From depths of hell your people save and give them victory over the grave. If you're here today and you don't understand what that means, it's telling you that Jesus Christ loves you. That Jesus left his heavenly earth, his heavenly throne, and he came to earth as a man, and he walked just like you and I did, except he did it perfectly. In a very simplistic Bible verse, and we, 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 we study this a lot in the children's department, because I want them to grasp it and to see it. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, that he loved you and me, that he sent his son, I've thought a lot about that recently. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I could have sent my daughters knowing they were going to be hurt. I heard my brother say it this week. My brother said, girl, anyone messing with you, I'll step in. I'll take it over. You know, and us daddies, us uncles are that way. Us grandpas are that way. We don't want anyone to do anything. We want to protect our family. And we have a God who sent his son, knowing the hurt, knowing the pain, knowing the sacrifice, knowing what had to be done, knowing the blood had to be shed to cover the sin that's in my life, the sin that's in your life. It's important that at this time of the year that we remember that that baby, that cute, that, that, that innocent baby, baby born in a manger became a man and got the scars. I heard a new song, and I'll kind of close up with this. I heard a new song this week, and it's been on the radio for a year, and I I don't know, I hadn't heard it. It's by Casting Crowns. It's Scars in Heaven. And the verse says this, the only scars in heaven, they won't belong to you and me. There'll be no such thing as broken and all the world will be made new. And the thought that makes me smile now, even as the tears fall down, is that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold me now. I think back 
of Jesus on that cross as he gets the scars in his side, on his feet, in his hands, and he gets the scars from the nails. And what's fascinating is that once they take him down, they put him in a grave, and he comes back. And just a couple of days later, my favorite thing in the story is Thomas. Because I think I'm Thomas. I think I would have been Thomas. You saw Jesus? Shut up. No, no. You didn't see Jesus. Jesus comes to the door. You want to touch? You want to see? It's here. It's important that we remember a baby in a manger, a man who walked, a king who died, and a king who reigns. So today, if you've never asked Jesus to be the reigning king of your life, over any present, over any gift you opened yesterday, that would be the ultimate for you. And that's what we as a church, as a body, want to help you to learn and to see that God loves you. Here in just a matter of weeks, our campus will start to open back up. And we, uh, in January, we have things for adults. We have community groups we love to get you involved in. Community within the body of the church is such a huge thing because we come together, we share our pains, we share our joys, and we share laughter. And we learn and grow together. Right here in this room uh, on January the 12th, our student ministry will start back up and you'll see 40, 50 students in here learning each and every week, growing in their faith. You'll see adults who are pouring into their lives and building the next generation who are going to go into the world and make disciples for Christ. Down the hall to the left, we have uh, folks who, 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 who may be a little bit smaller, who may just need someone to play with them. We have an amazing preschool ministry where we're going to have kids come and hear the story of Abraham and the coat of many, uh, the coat of many colors and Joseph and, and, and Jonah and, and some big fish and Jesus and the cross and the manger. And we get to, for the first time, tell them the story. And it's so cool to see their face lights up. And then in mine, we, we meet in the big house down the hall on Wednesday nights. And that's what, that's what we call it, the big house. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Because we're taking those stories that they learned and we're starting to build those walls, those hedges up of the puzzle and showing them how God is moving in their lives. We want you to be a part of what we're doing here at CW. So maybe today, it's the time for you to change your life. Maybe you've been on that fence. Come talk to us. Our elders would love to meet with you. Our staff would love to meet with you. In closing, rejoice. Rejoice in the hard times. Rejoice in the good times. Because we have a God who loves you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. 
Father, thank you in the midst of, of everything, in the midst of the Christmas season, the busyness, whether we're hurting or we're joyful. Father, may we find time today to stop and reflect on that scene that happened in the stable. And Father, may we continue for 2022 to make an impact on your kingdom because we are gaining a passion and a desire to serve you. Father, I'm thankful for a church that loves you. I'm thankful for a church that serves you. And we look forward to the days ahead. That's your name we pray. Amen.